In this episode of The Interface, I sit down with Jamila Saleh, a buyer in the purchasing department for Amphenol Aerospace in Sydney, New York. We recorded this just prior to the coronavirus pandemic turning our lives upside down, but I think there's no better time to hear a feel-good story than now. This certainly qualifies. Jamila has been with Amphenol for two years, and her story of how she eventually came to work at Amphenol is one I think you'll never forget. Jamila was born and raised in the small African country of Eritrea, which borders the Red Sea near Sudan and Ethiopia. She details her harrowing, years-long journey out of her oppressive home country in hopes of a better life for her and her daughters. Along the way, she is blessed to connect with amazing people at critical moments who help her realize her dream. Her path to Amphenol is simply amazing. This is The Interface. Um, but first of all, thank you for doing this. You're welcome. Okay. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you for giving me this opportunity. Of course. Actually. Of course. Um, so I'll just cut right to it. You are from uh, originally the country of Eritrea, mm -hmm. which is in Africa, Eastern Africa, um, near Northern, Somalia, yeah. Uh, yeah. near uh, Ethiopia. Between Ethiopia and uh, Sudan. Sudan. Okay. Yeah. So like, right on the Red Sea, yep. right? Yep. Which, interestingly enough, I was looking at it on the, on the map yesterday before we got together. Um, the country of Djibouti, mm -hmm. which was right there. Yeah, I actually was there once. Really? Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah. yeah, when I was in the when I was in the the U.S. Navy, um, I was on a, a a deployment. We went into the Red Sea. We ultimately stayed for three weeks in in Aguba, Jordan, but mm -hmm. we stopped in Djibouti, Djibouti. for one night to. Yeah dump trash in the dumpsters and refuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I walked on to, you know, I had to go out into the little area there and stuff like that. Yeah. So I could I could technically say I was close. Close not, not, yeah. not yeah. exactly in your country. But yeah. that's where you were you were born and raised there. Yeah. What was I, I think I it's safe to say not a lot of people here in the US and that work for Amphenol know much about that country. What can you tell me about that country where you grew up? Uh, okay, Eritrea is like a small country, mm -hmm. a new country. Uh, our revolution is in uh, 1991. And uh, British and Ethiopia, they make agreement to join Eritrea mm -hmm. in uh, 52, 1952. And since from 1952 to 1991, uh, Ethiopia colonized Eritrea. So it is, even a small country, but it is a lot going on in. Uh, the reason I'm telling you this because I born and raised mm -hmm. the time of Ethiopian con uh, when Ethiopian colonized uh, Eritrea. Mm -hmm. uh, so my background is like basically, even I live in the city, but I, I born at wartime, mm -hmm. active wartime with Ethiopia. Right, right. And so from 1991 on, mm -hmm. it became its own country. Mm -hmm. But it's been... Again, I, I wanted to look it up so I knew a little bit about your country before yep. we talked today. It's been basically a one-party rule in, in the country 
since the early 90s. Since 19. So they've had no elections, nothing. Nothing. Since then. Yeah. Yeah. So unluckily and like uh, unfortunately is we have the government, they fight for years then they took over. But uh, this kind of dictator now. Yeah. They don't want to give up the power. Yeah. And we we struggle, the people struggle inside and most people actually average from one to 20 every day, mm. they leave the country. So not a lot going in there except war. What was it like on a, you know, like a daily, weekly basis living there then? It is hard. Time? It is yeah. getting harder and harder more because yeah. uh, the, when we have a revolution in 1991, for five years is wonderful. It is peaceful. Mm. Uh, it is like the country starts showing growing, re renewing mm -hmm. things, you know. Uh, but after five years, we have another war with Ethiopia. Mm. Yeah. So because of the border, yeah. and they want the Red Sea, Eritrea, and they say no. So when that second war is happening, is that the worst war? Actually, we have uh, people, they suffer because the war, uh, you have to go to military service after high school. Right. Uh, doesn't matter. Men like, and it women? Is not, yeah. yeah. Okay. And it is not by choice. Mm -hmm. You are in high school right away from high school, you go to military service. Then if you have good grade, you come back to university. university. But if you don't make it, then you'll say in military service. Mm -hmm. uh, because of that, many people, they suffer, many parents, they send the kid to school to, to go to school, but right. the kid they end up in military service. Uh, many people because they don't like it. Young people they left the country, they run away. Every chance they get, they run away to Ethiopia uh, or through Sudan. Most mm. people through Sudan to other country. So if you see now, many Eritreans, they are everywhere. Libya, Sudan, Kenya, Egypt, whatever you go, you can see the, the many refugees everywhere. You're growing up there. You're, you're born and raised there. You've seen the change. So when it was, you know, under Ethiopian rule mm -hmm. um, and then the, the local uh, Eritreans then took over. So you had both sides both of it. Both sides, yep. You know, I understand that the ruling party, you know, gets a taste of power mm -hmm. and wants to keep it. But, you know, I... I can imagine the people really suffer um, because of that. I mean, there's nothing that that we can hear that I can sit here and say, "Oh, I, I know how you feel." Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty incredible, and to know how many people then want to flee that. Were there anything? Was there anything though, while you were there during that time, especially you know in the mid '90s and on, where you actually enjoyed living there? What was it uh, besides the family, of course? But what was it that you really enjoyed about? Uh, being born and raised there? Uh, the culture, the people, uh, and you know, you born there. Yeah, so I yeah. love Eritrea, actually. Uh, I never thought I live Eritrea all my life. Yeah. Uh, but then, like you say, I have two tests, like uh, when Ethiopian in Eritrea and when Eritreans, they, t they took over. So this one is so funny because when I live before revolution, we have hope every day. Even you are young, you don't know anything. But just is in your inside, you know one day we'll get 
our revolution and you will get free because you know uh, you are not from Ethiopia because the way Ethiopian soldiers they treat you like uh, I remember going to school just always you're looking over your shoulder because one Ethiopian angry soldier if he come and he can do whatever he wants right so you know that's not freedom right. so you have hope we are praying we are hoping for the fighters to win and the revolution to come and people Eritrean people even in the city they support them all the way around you know it is a lot struggling I see many things many like just struggling mm-hmm. even many people they die I go to school bomb is coming then the, the destroy all half of part of the school yeah and you have to run come back to home but all these times life is gone yeah. like never stop yeah. because you never know when this will be end because you have that hope one day will be end then we keep going now it's just always I love why I go to school, you know? <laughs> why my parents, they send it to me to school. Why we don't sit at home, but you don't know if you sit at home, then you don't know when will be end. But the after revolution, in 1991, I remember I am there when the revolution is happened. I cannot explain to you the joy we have. Everyone, they left the house. We stay like, weeks outside Partying. in the city yeah. yeah just the whole city is like yeah. dancing like talking sure. with the soldiers yeah. you know treat them like unbelievable joy mm-hmm. but that joy doesn't didn't last as long yeah yeah then most people they say especially the wise man and woman in Eritrea, the older, they say always, we cannot say two things. We pray all those years for our revolution now is we get our government, yeah. but our government is worse. Yeah. Uh, at least people at that time, they can eat, you know, they have NGO, they come to Eritrea, they can help people, but now it's like everything is closed. Mm-hmm. No one is allowed to get in to Eritrea. Yeah. And no, like you cannot even as uh, Eritrean, like you cannot help a lot, mm-hmm. much people uh, from outside. So it is now the second time, it, the time with our government mm-hmm. is, it is wonderful, but right away it changed. Yeah. It is changed the whole thing, the whole idea, the whole what, what they fight for. Yeah. Because of power. Right. And there's no such thing as a democracy. No, that's the unread. They they wrote it, actually. The first time, uh, do you know, Eritrean uh, referendum is 1993. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then (laughs) 99.7 people, they chose for freedom, and they chose our president. And the deal is, like, every four years, they will change. We will have election. But it never happened after that. Yeah. And I know it has. I know the country has a, a really, very poor uh, record as far as human rights are concerned. It too. Is. Yeah. So what was it that led you to want to leave? Then I mean, is it a combination of all these things that that the government changed and there was no that that hope has now disappeared, the human rights and and being scared and and being afraid to look over your shoulder, um, with everything that was going on. 
and you know you're a, a young woman at the time and you just want a chance to grow I'm assuming so how did that process happen where you said I I we need to leave here yeah <laughs> that's so funny you say that I didn't leave actually because of my choice no yeah uh, the reason I left is like I don't have any choice so okay. it is like I say before I never plan to leave the country okay uh, what happened is with uh, my family, we have, uh, we are five. And all my brother, my youngest brother, he left just around two years before I left. Mm -hmm. He's in military service. Then they don't let him go back home. Yeah. Then he decided just to leave the country and he ran away. And my other three sisters already, they left a long time ago. Eritrea, they are in Europe. And one of them, she's in Atlanta in here. Mm -hmm. Then my parent only they have is me. So I thought like I will stay with them until whatever, right. you know. Right. Uh, so never, I never have any plan to leave to any country. Okay. That matter. Uh, then I am living my life every day, continue my life. I'm working. Uh, I'm uh, Muslim background, but I'm Christian, like I said before. Yeah. I just, I was working in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the headquarter of uh, Full Gospel Church. And 2000, something is changed in 2000. They say, like, Eritrean government, they say, like, Christians, we don't, like, they don't allow mm. to worship. Okay. So they pick. So our church is one of yeah. the yeah. one they pick. And they say, okay, you cannot have any activity, you cannot worship, you cannot do anything yeah. until we say, it is okay. And this one is like this ongoing mm -hmm. uh, conversation between our leaders and the uh, government that in the same time, they start picking people and they put in the prison. Yeah, for no reason. So no reason. If you say you are, I believe in the Bible, I'm Christian, you go to prison, mm -hmm. no other choice. Like, uh, no, like if someone, they know you, you are Christian and they point you like, yeah. oh, he's... And they ask you if you admit it, yes, then you go to prison. So people every time, like this getting even more and more and more, they go to prison. And 2004 is life changing happened in 2004, uh, May 23, 2004. I remember the date is Sunday. And they went to uh, my two, actually two bosses, they went to their home and they picked them up from home. To prison then one of the wife she came to me and she said like oh, okay she told me what happened mm -hmm. and I know after that it's not safe yeah it's not safe for me to stay there but still I don't have any other plan still <laughs> just I'm waiting yeah uh, then in two weeks after that my other pastor he came and he said like Jamila as a matter of the time they will find you but before that, better if you run away. Mm -hmm. So that's at that time it did become so serious to me. Like, okay, okay. This then is why you say there was no choice. No choice. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah, went I to understand. prison after that. So all oh, I man. do like, okay, now is I have to live. Then how I live, how I live the because no plan, no money, nothing. I don't have anything yeah. like before. I never think about it. Yeah. So I start thinking and only way I can 
leave the country is if you know someone in immigration or something they can do for you mm-hmm. then if they give you the exit because no one is allowed to leave the country either okay if they do that for you then you can leave the country or the other way is like just walk run away mm-hmm. by walking like six days mm-hmm. in the desert yeah across mm-hmm. to sudan right no resources nothing just nothing yeah. yeah and that's so risky so i'm so lucky i have uh, my friend her husband he say like oh, i will do that for you like i have a guy in immigration he's my friend so don't go there give me your passport yeah and i will give you the exit i will ask him to give you the exit visa i and, mean <laughs> just, i'm thinking about that like how much did that just mess with your mind like i'm going to give up my passport which is my key to everything to get out of here yep. just yep. hoping and praying that Pray. yep. this will happen yeah miracle happen yeah <laughs> i for me it's like i i saw all it's as for me it's like as god's miracle every yeah. step i take you know then he went and like he say he came up i remember it is wednesday we talk friday he came up and he say like okay you will go at around before five o'clock around 4 30 mm-hmm. sign up take your uh, passport but you have to run you have to leave the country on by saturday mm-hmm. and this one is friday yeah and i say okay i will do that but go back a little bit yeah before that so i have another miracle i have a friend in uh, asmara a long time ago and we we didn't talk that much when she left to south africa she get married and okay. she left her she husband left. to yeah. do his his uh, masters in south africa i see then i didn't know they are at claxon he doing his phd and she moved to claxon huh okay so she in somehow she connect with the church in uh, potsdam new hope church yeah and she tell to this woman, wonderful woman, Pat Noble, she told her about my story, how I'm struggling. Then she emailed me after a long time mm-hmm. and she, we make connection with Pat Noble. Mm-hmm. Then I have a little bit hope now, like, okay, they say like, okay, we can, the church in uh, New Hope and New Life in Kenton and Potsdam, they say like, okay, both of us, we can help. Like somehow sponsor you to, or something. To sponsor yeah, you yeah. To, uh, to leave the country, to after you leave the country. Mm-hmm. Then I have that hope. Right. Just before a few months. Way far away, uh, yeah. but it's a glimmer of hope. It is glimmer, yeah. yeah. Like a few months before yeah. I left the country. Then I told them where I am going. Okay. Then because uh, when, then when Friday he told me to leave Saturday, then everything is to have to rush, yeah, you know. Yeah. Then I say, okay, but that's the only choice I have. Then I have uh, just have people in Eritrea, they're wonderful, <laughs> the friend I have there. Yeah. So they they make it happen. It is not only me. You know, many people, they just, they try to, my friends, they try to work out with the finding the agency to buy the ticket, all those stuff. Then. I left Eritrea on Saturday midnight. 
that's the most scary time in my life because yeah. you don't want anyone to see you in airports, yeah. especially the people they know you because yeah. you never know if they mention you, like if they know you, you don't want, you don't want anyone to pay attention to right. you. You just want to be anonymous, yeah. like invisible. Yeah, because if you do, then they can question you. Right. Okay, why well, she's living, she's young, she, like all those things, because Can't you don't know how we get right. yeah. exit visa. So I left, I'm, that's, that's another miracle, thanks to God, you know. Yeah, yeah. Then I left Eritrea that night. Just, I am praying the plane, just... To fly to yeah, start just get like up live. in the air and land, land. somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Then I did. I went to Egypt. Then from Egypt, I after eleven hours we went to Nairobi, Kenya. Okay. So I arrived Kenya with like I don't know anybody. I don't know anyone. Uh, and you're not alone. Yeah. I have my daughters, my right. three beautiful daughters. Three with daughters me. with you, which yeah. you've conveniently left out of this whole yeah. thing. But yeah. you're doing this not just for you, but for yeah. your, your yeah. children I, as well. The, yeah, the yeah. main reason actually it is for them, you know. Like, yeah. Then we arrived to Nairobi and just another miracle yeah. from the airport. Just they, they see my. They saw my passport and they asked, like, okay, do you have enough money? And I told them the truth because I don't have yeah, enough money, you know, like, but I will. Yeah. Then I told them, I will, but I don't have now. So they say, like, I don't understand it because in uh, Nairobi, little corruption also is working in the airport. Mm -hmm. And they say, like, okay, you have to go back. So we will <laughs> deport you. And one guy, he interrupted, he's from... Uh, Ethiopia, half and Eritrea, mm -hmm. and he helped actually. He said, No, 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 she can, she have, because he lived in Nairobi for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, he talked with them and they gave me that another story. It is a long story actually. I'm not going That's fine. into yeah. it. So I left the airport and I arrived, like, he took me to this place. He said, like, Okay, they have, uh, like, the people they go to church, yeah, mm -hmm. they know, like I know some people, some Christian guys from Eritrea, so I'll take it there, and they took me there. And when I arrived in the house, it's a guy, I know him from home, from oh, Asmara. Really? Yeah. yeah. I said, like, yes, I couldn't believe it. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, really? And he's what just, are yeah. yeah. And his sister, she worked with me for a long yeah. time. Yeah. So. I say, okay, that's it. Then I have wonderful time. Just they are so open, welcoming to us. You know, like yeah. they cook for us. I remember they make, they call somebody to make the coffee. Like just it's incredible. Yeah. You know, it is wonderful time. Then I, you don't feel like when you have those people, you don't feel like even you're leaving the country, you know? <laughs> yeah. Then I stay with them for a little bit and I start uh, renting my house in the middle of that uh, Eritrean government in Nairobi. Actually, Eritrean embassies, they took my passport. Oh, okay. Because they want, like, then you cannot live in Nairobi if you don't have any paper. Yeah. Then I went to apply to United Nations as a refugee. And just, it is... It is miracle after miracle for me. Yeah. Like just, it is incredible, yeah. amazing. It's unbelievable, uh, be yeah. Because if you don't have paper, it is so risky. 
yeah, in Nairobi. Yeah. But every time, and Eritrean is Eritrean embassy in Nairobi, they trust me. Like they say, okay, we will deport you anytime. So mm-hmm. you always, also you are not secure. So you're still, even, and still. you said you were there for three years, right? Almost three years. And so yeah. that entire time you're there in always. Kenya, you're always... Yeah. Looking Always, behind yeah. your back. My, my kids, yeah. I never send them to school yeah. because that reason they cannot go to school because they can take them to school and deport them back home. So, then that's the aim, actually. Yeah, so, but it is a little struggle. But everywhere you get wonderful people yeah. to work with you, you know. It's, I mean, up until this point, and I yeah. know we still have a little ways to go until yeah. we get till we get here. But it is amazing. I can see how you you're you're blessed with every step along this incredibly arduous journey. You've had people that have bent over backwards to help you in your efforts to help you and your family. Yeah, yeah, it's, they do. Like I always, I believe amazing. my mother always she say like, whatever people you get, take advantage. Like, yeah, get to know them, and she's right because. We need, like, you know, like, their gift for me is people always, yeah. like, for me, it's like their gift of God. Right. So I work through, I will stay in Nairobi. I don't, just a long story. Then oh, a lot of process, like every other week, you have to go to United Nations office. You have to do interviews, mm-hmm. the same interview for two years. Mm-hmm. Third year, I get the paperwork from them. Then I went to the join voluntary agency because I have sponsor those two in, churches right. that sponsor me. Yep, in Potsdam, right. Then I like the process is getting much better and faster than after three years. So two thousand eight. Yeah. So how was the process then from so you went there in two thousand five and two thousand eight then you start the process or you had already started the process maybe to come to the United States. So how just how did that work? that you get from from Kenya to the US. Yeah. Uh, th- so what happened is I have sponsor and yeah. I'm legally refugee. Okay. But United Nations when you go there, mm-hmm. they don't accept you. Like to accept you as a refugee, you have to get through some processes, painful process actually, painful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's why like for 2 years I have the same question every uh, second you as must a have been week. shaking your head like again. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> you have to be there at eight o'clock. They close the door right. until five o'clock. You have to stay there mm. for sometimes you don't have any interview. Yeah. Just they call your name and they they give you next interview yeah. day and you go back home. Uh, but you do it because yeah, it, 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 <laughs> that's a life, you know. Yeah, uh, usually uh, like the average refugee, they stay in in. Uh, between in the refugee camp in Nairobi is between like 10 to 17 years, actually. Wow. Mine is so very fast, short. Yeah, yeah. short time because I have a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, so that is make it much easier. Mm-hmm. Then when you have the mandate, they say like, okay, we accept you as a refugee mm-hmm. after two years, then you can go to the joint voluntary agency which is they join you with uh, your sponsor. I see. So okay. they took over, which okay. is much better. Right. Then we did that, and we come to U.S. in 2008. And what was that like, the first time you got Snow. 
Right, which they don't have much of in Eritrea or Kenya, do they? Never. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I never saw snow in my life, actually. I came in March 21, this month. Yeah. March 21. Of 2008. Uh, 19, I arrived here. Yeah. Uh, But again, the first... Yeah, you get out of the plane. I I get a plane in New York. Okay, this one is a story. Then they send it to me. Like, they, they say, okay... You have to go to Arizona in some reason. The paperwork. Yeah. I messed up. Then I went to, we went to Arizona. So, so you got to New York and then went right to Arizona. Arizona. Okay. And Arizona is no one is there for us. <laughs> because the people that are waiting for us is in Syracuse. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> went to Arizona. And did you have any idea what was going on at the time? No. You had no you had no clue what the difference was between Syracuse and Arizona. No, at the time. Yeah. not that much idea. Yeah. Like, uh, no, it's this the funny story, you yeah. know. Like, oh, and I go there. Okay, I can go to Arizona, and maybe next day, someday, like I go back to Syracuse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't realize how long it takes, and uh, we are so tired. <laughs> yeah. We fly long hours, enough, yeah. you know. And the people, the, the two men, they are waiting for us in Syracuse. They actually they stay for two days until we come back to next day. Then we arrive to Arizona. No one is there. I don't speak English at all. Mm-hmm. Like, so how I can explain to myself? Right. To the police. And I have fear of police. Yeah, Because of police for me in my life is right. like... <laughs> so first I have struggled to go and talk with the, the policeman. Like he is the only one mm-hmm. in the airport because after midnight. Right. Then... I struggle and I say, okay, I will go and talk to him. That's the only choice I have. And I went and I started telling him with my hand, my eyes, all. Yeah, <laughs> everything <trying>. but words. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't get any anything I say. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Then I remember one thing. I have phone number with my sponsor. And I told him, like, okay, call and talk to them. And he called and... He talked to them and he gets the idea. Yeah. We're supposed to be in Syracuse, not in Arizona. <laughs> Get back on the plane, <laughs> go east. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just other thing, and another good thing happened in that airport is uh, this uh, fireman, two firemen there with the police and they ask what is going on. Yeah. And he explained to them and he said, look, we can just, we can take over and provide for hotel for yeah. everything then tomorrow we'll right. take them back yeah and they did yeah. actually That's they great. bring with them next day a guy from Ethiopia mm. uh, yeah. and I I speak Amharic mm-hmm. uh, so we communicate through, with him through him with them and I say thank you we eat lunch and we come back to Syracuse in March 21 yeah, yeah. Then when I arrived, Syracuse is full of snow. Like there's like unbelievable. How I can live in here? <laughs> like why? <laughs> what did your daughters think? Uh, they sleep all the all oh, the they, all the way. Uh, is like yeah. No <laughs> idea of the struggle you're going yeah, through. Yeah, I think for them it's easier because uh, just you know they can adapt it. But yeah. for me it's like I never saw snow in my life. That know what like how I can deal with. The cold is so cold. You yeah. know, I came from hot place. Yeah. Eritrea is it is oh, yeah. hot place, warm. you know, warm place. But it is like 
we made it. Yeah. Then came to Potsdam, wonderful people. So for me, is moving from uh, Eritrea to Nairobi, from Nairobi to Potsdam, is because of the people. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm so lucky. Yeah. I have many friends, they move uh, from place to place. They don't have the same feeling I have, you yeah. know. Then I feel like I'm going to the another family because yeah. the people, the church in Potsdam, they are just put me there under wing, you yeah. know, like they right. cook for me for whole week. They Treat just like, like yeah. my, my rent, like they rent the house before I arrive actually two months ahead. Then I feel like right away I came in, but yeah. the difficulty is to adapt the culture, to learn English yeah. is that's almost until now <laughs> struggling. <laughs> no, no, you do, you do yeah. well, I think. But. but that's, that's, that's just, but the people beside of me yeah. is like just unbelievable. You know, like it is what I do without them. Just God, he gave you those perfect, yeah. like beautiful. No, no one is perfect, but beautiful gift is people. Yeah. Whatever I go. So I, when I arrived to Potsdam, I, right away after two weeks, I start ESL class. Okay. Then I start learning English right, from right. the the beginning right and i the teacher she teach she was teach there is her name is yuta fasamen until now she's my family my friend right so she is she made connection with me and she say like okay i will be your personal tutor mm-hmm. to tutor to like she can teach me as, like then she retire and she is we never stop learning yeah. So always she's beside me. She correct me. She teach me all those things, and she teach me how to live. Yeah. And what is that? Yeah. To do cross country ski, all those <laughs> those good all stuff. All the important yeah. things up yeah. in Potsdam. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So I did just I survived, and I went to school right away mm-hmm. in SUNY Potsdam. Yeah. I remember just I apply and they accept me. Yeah. Like it is long story there to to make it short. Right away, I didn't I didn't do anything. Just uh, Potsdam is small yeah. town. We don't have a, a lot of job. So I went to school to do my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. Then I study business accounting, two year accounting and finance for yeah. four years there. But all the way again in SUNY Potsdam, all my professors, they, they, they repeat it again after the class. Always I ask a question. Sure. I never stop asking questions. Yeah. That's the way you learn. Yeah. Uh, but I get all support. Then I didn't like, uh, I can't say like the, uh, I graduate with all my, the people, they, mm-hmm. the, they support me. I graduate yeah. with them. Right. It is not uh, my. Just you and you alone. Yeah. A, yeah. A whole group of you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How, how long did it take before you felt like you could almost take a deep breath and just kind of relax and you were at least somewhat comfortable after you got to the U.S.? How long did it take? Uh, it is took me, even though it is wonderful people around me, you know, the culture, you have to adapt. Yeah. You are different. The food is different. Uh, yeah. What you cook, the, the way you communicate. We have such, like, a lot too much yeah. like uh, fellowship in Eritrea is everyone they know everything you can just you are so connected social life yeah yeah 
Protestant is not like there. So this took me at least one year yeah. adapt. Like, okay, what is going on? I have to <laughs> learn this way. Yeah. Because like you're questioning like why I'm here, what I'm doing. Like many things in your mind is just come and go. But one thing is always I appreciate about life is like you living for today. So mm-hmm. I remind myself every day, okay, tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow will be better. Then you see tomorrow yeah. and you appreciate today. Yeah. Then you get through it. Uh, you can have struggle always in yeah. life. Even at home, you can have it. But always you have hope again. But I miss my friend. I miss my mother. I, you you know, yeah. that's part of your life. You of cannot, course. until now, you cannot like forget about it and because you're born in some certain places for reason right and you grow up there for reason yeah. so. and, and you were telling me before we started recording that you haven't seen you didn't see your mother or father after you left after and, no i see my i saw my mother because she came here oh okay okay she I came misunderstood, here my father she's still after, there yeah after my uh, after i left uh, my father he passed away in 2014 mm-hmm. and my mother she came in 2016 she came here mm-hmm. and she stay with us for one year and she go back home. Yeah. So I get chance to see her, but you know, you want to talk to her every day. Yeah. You want to like, you want to communicate with them. But, but it's hard to communicate with her. I cannot communicate with yeah. them at all. Actually, it is risky for them yes. because it's not about me now, it's about the, her, she's living there. So if I communicate with her, the government, they come after yeah. her. So you put her in jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's hard to segue from this. I mean, this yeah. is an incredibly moving story, yeah. and um, I'm assuming people are who are going to listen to this are as riveted as I am. Uh, it, so you you get to the U.S. Um, you eventually become a U.S. citizen. I did. So how how did that happen? Like, when did it happen, and and how did how did that take place for you? When I came here, mm-hmm. I came with my green card because mm-hmm. I came as refugee. Right. So you have technically you have your green card right away. Uh, then even though you don't have right away, but it's count from the day you arrive to US. Yeah. Uh, you are you have green card, but I have a I ninety four paper right. for right. till af- for one year. Then after that, you have to apply for green card. Then I did, and in 2013, I become citizen because that's five year. I live after five year, you can apply for citizenship, and I did mm-hmm. apply, and I become citizenship. Then, what was that like? Uh, for the first time, I become citizen to some country. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Eritreans they don't count me as citizen. Really? Yep. I didn't because I didn't go to military service. I, see. I refused to go to military service. I didn't yeah. go to military service. But not because of refuse. I have the reason I have in young age, I have a, my child is because I don't want to go to military right. service. Of course. Uh, so if sense. you have the only chance you can escape actually is if you have baby. Yeah. You cannot go to military service because I didn't go, then I didn't count as a citizen. Yeah. It is ironic. I came here and they accept me and they say, okay, you are citizen. <laughs> like, you know, it is so interesting yeah. process, but I'm so glad we was are the, here. Safe how now. was the ceremony? Like, was the ceremony, how much did it mean to you? Uh, it is a, 
It is a lot. Yeah. Because after you come through all up and down, maybe you didn't realize it until you get there. And that's the first time actually say, aha, this one is my first country. Yeah. They accept me as yeah. a citizen, you know? Like, yeah. So it is, it is deep. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and everyone that I've ever talked to that became a citizen once they were adults mm-hmm. um, kind of has the same exact reaction or or response to that question it's you know you you you're kind of always aware of it during the process but once you actually go through it it doesn't really hit you until you're like wow yep. Yep. holy cow yep i did it yeah, i did it yeah. yeah yeah and many people they celebrate with me that day i never forget it you yeah know? you never forget those days right. those moments in yeah. life so yeah. Now I have to make the, <laughs> the very awkward segue, right? We've been going for, you know, 40 minutes now. We, not once have we talked about Amphenol. And this yeah, is an Amphenol that's podcast. That's my favorite topic. Okay, good, good. We'll get to something a little bit more lighthearted now. Yeah. So just how did you eventually get to Amphenol Aerospace here yeah, in, in Sydney, New York? I mean, you thought Potsdam was small. Yeah. <laughs> Sydney's even smaller. Smaller, yeah. yeah? There's no college yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, at least Potsdam is have full, like this have two colleges. Yeah. Uh, okay. How I get here? Uh, after I graduate with my finance, then I I cannot find any job mm-hmm. in my like any the field I want. Yeah. Or the field what I study for. Then I'm searching. Anyway, I'm searching. I try to open. I have, I was like, I I did have small business. I opened small business. Okay. I try to do that. What did you do? What was it? Uh, I pack two kind of sauce, food. Oh. And I sell them to local grocery store. You still have some? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I'll have to get I some love, from you. Actually, I love to cook. Oh, good. so that's that's the main thing I do, and I want to know. I want to, like to try to show the community they support me to yeah. show them at least a little bit. You know, okay, this one is what is my background, yeah. and I started actually with the farmers market, and still like it is growing a little bit, and I change it to pack and uh, sell it, uh, but that doesn't went like long yeah. after uh, I have surgery mm-hmm. in my shoulder and I stopped for a while for a little bit then I start looking for a job the only job I get is like teaching assistance with uh, kids with autism mm-hmm. uh, I never like teaching <laughs> ever in my life the one thing I don't want to do is teaching it is not for me for <laughs> yeah. other people it's okay I think That's no problem with that but I went there and I like it is for my surprise I love the kids. I love teach those kids. I Actually, I learn from there. them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I work with kids with autism, which is I I never have any idea. Yeah. Then I just I get to know them. I get to know about autism. They are so smart, genius kids. You know, like the only problem is they they express themselves, and we cannot understand them. Yeah. So it is just. Four years, amazing four years. Yeah. I love working with them. Yeah. It's so amazing. But I know it is not for me. I understand. So I go back to school to yeah. do my MBA at Claxon. And I did. Well, then I 
and coming to how I get to know Amphanol. Yeah. It's then the in two years ago, actually exactly two years ago, uh, Amphanol they went to Claxon for yeah. job fair. Right. And I'm applying everything, anything I asking <laughs> like just I have fifty yeah. resume. Yeah. I print and I met uh, Amphanol. Actually, Neil is, yep. he look my resume and he say like, okay, we don't have any supply chain, uh, but we have internship. If you want, you can, we don't have specific mm -hmm. job now, mm -hmm. but we offer internship. So if you want to do it, that's open. Mm -hmm. And I say, yes, I will do it. Yeah. And he asked me, are you citizen? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I will do it. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. Then I took next day, I get interview, and a week after, I get a second interview. That's so interesting when I came here for second interview. Mm -hmm. I knew it. I don't know. People, they say that, you know, but... You just had a feeling. Yeah, yeah. I know it. Just, I know, like, I don't know. I cannot explain it. Yeah. Then I get hired. I start March 26th. Okay. Two years ago. Yeah, geez, we're getting close. Yep. Yeah. And... Since the moment I start working in here, I love it. I yeah. love what I do. It just is learning, growing, you know, continue doing, busy. Like that's the atmosphere I like is just you have opportunity mm -hmm. to do more and to expand your wings. Right. So every moment I enjoy it in here. And I just, when I did my internship, Still, I am committing to Potsdam. So yeah. every Friday, I go to Potsdam. Every Sunday, I come here. And for those who five. don't know, that's about, what, five hours, probably? Something <laughs> four. like that? Four, four, four hours? Yeah. Okay. Close enough. Yeah. yeah. That's a little bit tough for me. Yeah. Because you're leaving your kids there and you're coming. Yeah. Oh, five days. Yeah. Uh, many nights, I hear their voice, you know, like, oh, did yeah. I just, did I make right decision but right. I do I know in my inside and do all of us we have more in August mm -hmm. and just it is it is being wonderful time <laughs>